The WTMJ 5-day forecast. Tonight, mostly cloudy, a low of 18 degrees. Tomorrow, chance for snow, blustery, just a little bit of snow, a high of 35. On Saturday, a chance for afternoon snow, a high of 24. Sunday, they've now taken snow out of the forecast. Cloudy, a high of 22. On Monday, the chill settles in, mostly cloudy, a high of 17 degrees. Right now in Milwaukee, a little bit of light snow. And now the funniest joke I ever heard. These two ball players went duck hunting. They were out in the marshes for over an hour. They didn't get anything, didn't shoot anything. Finally, one says to the other, I wonder why we haven't got any ducks. The other one says, maybe we're not throwing the dog up high enough. <laughs> Happy birthday to Bob Euchre. The young man turns 89 today. His longtime producer, engineer, guy in charge of the Brewers Radio Network from that respect is Kent Sommerfeld. He joins us in the studio. This is such a special treat, Kent. Thanks for being with us. Well, thanks for having me. I guess I want to begin with, what percentage of the good Bob Euchre stories could you even tell on the radio? <laughs> uh, 35, maybe. Oh, good, We're going to put a number on it. I mean, Greg's been in the booth. He's heard some stories. Don't he sir. understands. Sandy's been in there as well. Yep. Yep. You know? What makes Bob Euchre so special? His humor. I mean, his wit and his mind. And it doesn't matter what you're talking about. And all of a sudden, he'll come up with something, and all of a sudden, you're all rolling in the floor. And you're like, and it's not like anything that was planned or premeditated. It's off the cuff. He's got an unbelievable witty mind, and, and his humor is, is deadpan humor, too, about himself. <laughs> it, it's just funny to listen to and the stories he tells, you know, throughout the years and the things he's done with so many different players, you know, whether it's the tuba in the outfield or whether he's taking the picture. <laughs> The team picture with Bob Gibson, who's an all-star. Him and Bob Gibson were at the Cardinals, and they took a team picture. And he gave it to me once, and he goes, you got to look at this picture. You know, he had a copy of it, so he gave it to all of us in the booth. And we're all just looking at it like, what, what is this deal? What are we looking for? And none of us could figure it out. But when we look at the picture, him and Bob Gibson are holding hands. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody in the Cardinals or the organization realized it in the picture. Now it's, it's one of the best. It. Yeah, they published it. I think the mark of a truly, truly funny human being is someone whose jokes, even though they're on repeat, you still laugh. Kent, you've been in the booth since 1986. Yep. Right, you've heard all these stories yep. 15, 20, 30 times, and you always still laugh at them, right? Yeah, because they're, they're funny, and not just because you've heard them once before and you know they're going to be funny again, but it's the way they're delivered. That's what makes them really great. He delivers them so well, and, and he just does it. I've never met a person, by the way, guys and gals, Sandy, <laughs> I've never met a person who can get on somebody, and it doesn't matter who it is, whether it's President Bush, when President Bush was in Milwaukee, whether it's Vince Scully, whether it's any other famous Bud person, Bud Seeley. Yeah. Nobody else can call Buddy, Buddy, or Al, Al, except Bob Euchre. But he can get on people and make fun of them. And I've never seen people walk away laughing so much. He, he does it. He's just got an innate ability to do that where he just makes you feel so comfortable, even though he's sort of like needling yeah. you. It's and, almost and, the Don Rickles effect. Yeah. Like you want yeah. to be made fun of and, and you like you feel like you yeah. belong. Because I will tell you, after being a Brewers game day host and getting to watch him at work and yeah. watch him walk through the food area. Just, hi, everybody. Hi. Like, he's, you know, the party guest, but he's got your back. Yes. Like, he's one of those old school men. Yeah. When he's got your back, he's got your back, yeah, and he's the life of the party. But 
He's just that old school, solid guy. Yeah, he's a, the guy from the Fockers. Once you get in the circle of five, <laughs> you know, then, you, then you're good. You know, the, the CIA guy. Uh, you know, well, it's, that, it's not summer without his voice. Oh, oh for sure. He, he's, yeah. he's been in living rooms and people's lives for so long. It, he's woven into the fabric of people's homes and in their lives. And they, they just look forward to hearing you, especially because... They like to hear him the way he, he does a broadcast. And for a long time, the Brewers weren't good, let's be honest. And he carried a lot of those broadcasts with his entertainment, mm-hmm. his storytelling, and things of that nature. His playing and deadpanning about himself and the way he played. I'm a 200 hitter. You know, he's very good at doing that. But he just is able to carry it. And, and it's he's just woven into the people's lives. It's unbelievable. And it's a sign of spring, too. When you hits the air... In late February, early March, with the first spring training broadcast, everybody knows winter's about to end, and we're ready to move forward and go into spring. Kent Sommerfeld of the Brewers Radio Network is with us on WTMJ. You guys see this every single year, how he relates to the young players and the young yeah. guys who are 20, 25 years old, want to be around Uke. Yeah. It's like a magical thing. What, what is that? Because Uke was one of them, and I, I think he really associates with those guys as a player. Because he was in that locker room as a player for about eight years in the major leagues with Philadelphia, Milwaukee, with St. Louis. So he understands the struggles they're going through. So he can go down there and talk to anybody, whether it was talking to Brian Braun or Henry Aaron or even a rookie. You know, guys sometimes come and seek him out and ask him things. And Uke was a really good defensive catcher. I mean, really good defensive catcher. He may have not hit well, but he could definitely pick it behind the plate. And sometimes you see the young catchers like Omar Navarez, Victor Caratini, the current guys, would come to you and ask him some things about this and that. You know, and he caught some really good pitchers, too. you got to think of the pitchers he caught in the day. Um, so, therefore, he just relates to players because he is a player. You know, he's still a player. You know, even though he's in the media, he's not separated like, I'm a media guy, and the players are separate down in the locker room. He's still one of the guys. He's got a locker still in the locker room, and he's down there for hours wow. every single day before the game because he builds relationships. That's cool. You first stepped into the booth in 1986. Was was that was that kind of a nerve-wracking time for you? You've, you've obviously developed a great friendship, and I, I can't remember listening to Brewers baseball without Bob Uecker and Ken Sommerfeld, right? You guys have been the mainstays, really, yeah. since I remember listening as That's a kid. That's because you're young. Uh, I suppose <laughs> don't always feel that way, but nonetheless. But but how was that relationship building process for you? It, it was in the beginning. You know, I, I knew of Bob Euchre. You know, I, I grew up in Milwaukee, but then I moved to Texas and lived in Texas for a little bit and worked down there. And then I came back to Milwaukee to take the Brewers job. And I guess I didn't realize how big Euchre was till we went to New York one time. We went to New York. And we on the team bus, you usually sits on the front row on the left side, and the manager sits in the front row on the right side. So they're usually the first ones off the bus. So in New York, you got dropped off at Old Yankee Stadium right in front of the front office doors, but the players' parking lot was to the left of the bus, and then there was the gates to the doorways to get in to go down to the locker room. And they had the big metal girder uh, gates or barriers, you know, like you'd see in a parade or something like on uh, Mm -hmm. New York on New Year's Eve or something. And they were always packed when that bus pulled in because they knew that players were on the bus most of the time. And so Yuki gets off and the crowd starts going nuts, screaming, you, 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 you. 
Miller Lite, more, less. I mean, they're in New York. In New York. In New York. And they're going nuts. And Uke gets off the box in a classic Uke form. Gets on his knees and bends down and <laughs> up and down with the arms and hails and blowing kisses. And I'm and this was my first year, and I'm like, wow, that's Bob Euchre. And I knew who he was, but I didn't realize the the reach that he had and you know the Miller Light commercials the Mr. Belvedere all the things he's done nationally his scope is way bigger and you see it every time on the road people recognize him wherever he goes and and it, it's sort of hard sometimes for him because he can't really just hey you we're all going to lunch want to join mm-hmm. us sometimes yes but usually sneak in somewhere or something um, but yeah his his scope uh, Greg is unbelievable and. Yeah, it, it, we built a relationship, but that first year I was like, oh, what if I make a mistake? Yeah. Because if I make a mistake and I tell him to do something, I feel like I made the mistake, even though he said it on the air. Nobody <laughs> knows he made the mistake because of me. You know, if I gave him wrong information or a miscue or something of that nature. So I was always so nervous about that in that first year. But he told me one thing. When we first started, he says, we've got a job to do. But let's understand this. This is entertainment. We're doing a baseball game. We're going to have fun. And let me repeat that. We're going to have fun. Mm-hmm. And it's been that way ever since. I played in one opening day at Wrigley Field, I think. Tim McCarver was hurt. I was with the Cardinals. In the first inning, I'm chasing a pop foul behind home plate. And I get my foot jammed in the gutter that carries the water out to the street. I got my foot jammed in there and twisted my knee, and I ended up in the hospital. Oh, you got to be kidding on that one. Bob Euchre's birthday, and we are celebrating with Ket Sommerfeld, the producer-engineer for the Brewers Radio Network since 1986, who's with us in the studio. Kent, it's so good to have you here. Thanks for hanging around. You bet. Anytime. I wanted to ask you about young broadcasters. So Euchre is so good with young guys, and he's had a lot of them in there that have gone on to have a lot of success, and they attribute all of them to a name, to Bob Euchre. He's gone through a lot of these guys, and we all know from being in this business, it's not easy when you're with somebody new or somebody different is in the equation. He is so generous with young broadcasters, and you get a front-row seat to that. How important is it to these guys who come in nervous and they're with Bob Euchre? I think it's hugely important because Bob makes them a better broadcasters in the long run. You know, he, he nurtures them, and he's not afraid to tell them when they need to change something or do better. He, he'll give them a critique. And a lot of big announcers like that will just say, well, hey, kid, learn it on your own. That's not you. I always say what makes a great superstar is someone who makes the other person in their arena better. John Havlicek comes to my mind right off the top of my head. He made teammates better. And that's sort of what you does. You makes the fellow announcers in the booth better by learning them in, in ways of nuances of the game, timing, pacing, things like that. Just the understanding of the game and, and I call him like the, you can say, um, Bill Belichick or um, the, the head coach at San Francisco, Walsh. I can't yeah, think. Bill Walsh. Bill Walsh. Yep. He's sort of in that mold to me because he's got Pat Hughes, who just got elected to the Hall mm-hmm. of Fame. Jim Powell, who's a number one in Atlanta. You had Corey Provis, who's doing a great job in Minnesota. You've got Joe Block, who's now one of the lead guys in Pittsburgh. You've got Jeff Levering. You've got um, Lane Grindle and now Josh Maurer. So all those guys over the years have been announcers that have flourished, not just when they've been with Uke. And you can see the growth from day one. You can, or year one, I should say. Mm-hmm. You can see the growth from year one to year two to year three when they're with Uke and how those announcers have grown in, the, in their capacity. And he, like I said, he's sort of the Bill Walsh and the Bill Belichick and just producing 
announcers that have advanced in their careers and have done a great job. They're littered all over baseball right now. And we're all human. I have to think every single one of those names that you just mentioned, like, had to be nervous oh. the first couple of weeks, you know, <laughs> trying to follow Bob's yes. lead. And, and, you know, having any conversations on the radio or in person, you try not to step on somebody and yeah. you try to give them space. It's like, oh, that's got to be nerve wracking. Yeah. Settling you, in. Yeah, it is. It is. And if you talk, you probably should ask Jeff Levering or Lane Grindle or these guys because I wasn't there in person. But, when they come down to changing announcers and the higher two announcers, they get down to the final two or three guys, right? Well, then those guys go to Arizona because Uke's in Arizona in the off season, and they sit down in an interview with Uke, right? <laughs> but first of all, they're going to Don and Charlie's restaurant, which isn't there anymore. In it was an institutional baseball place in Arizona in Scottsdale. Don and Charlie's, fantastic ribs place, great place, huge place. All baseball people. Uh, would come into this place. After, there was another one before that called the Pink Pony. That closed down. Don and Charlie's took over <laughs> as the cathedral for baseball in Arizona, and it had all this memorabilia and stuff on the walls. I mean, from all sports. It was like a museum. Anyways, you would bring them to Don and Charlie's, you know, and interview them. And then on the back where he sits, he has the same booth. He's got this, like, picture of him bare-chested fishing or something <laughs> right in the back where he sits. So you're sitting down and you're talking to Uke and your legs are probably already wet, you know, <laughs> just because they're so nervous and he's giving them Miller lights and stuff. And he, and he, just, he, he just welcomes them in and it makes them feel comfortable. But that's the first impression for these young announcers, the guys that are trying to get the job with them, is they're sitting in his territory in his place and, and he's just he just welcomes them in and that eases everybody it really makes them feel like they belong even if they don't get the job they get to sit down there for two hours three hours at sometimes at last and you're just having a couple beers with you and a dinner and just enjoying the time and he he just makes them relaxed and he, he brings them into the fold and then once they're in the fold like you said sandy earlier you're one of them you're you're one of the circle mm-hmm. you know and he he yeah. does a great job with young announcers and and helping them out and so helping them grow. As we were signing off uh, in our previous segment, we, we went to break, and you said, I didn't even get to t- tell my speeding ticket story. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, Let's hear it. That's really why I kept you along here. So we're in Arizona, and you used to train in Tucson and up in Phoenix area, so you'd have to drive down to, to Phoenix. And I was always the wheel man for whatever reason. Even though mm-hmm. it was Yuke's car, I was the wheel man. <laughs> so we're getting down there, and Yuke's like, come on, everyone's passing you up. What are you, a granny? Come on, get going. <laughs> Put the pedal to the metal. Let's go. So now I'm putting the pedal to the metal, and I'm zooming in and out of the traffic. You know, we're getting down to Tucson. We're going to make it in record time, and all of a sudden we get pulled over. <laughs> woo, 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 woo. The lights go off. We get pulled over. So this lady cop comes out of her sheriff, I think it might have been, uh, comes out of the car and says, do you know how fast you're going? I said, no, I really don't know how fast I go. And you know you were going pretty well over the speed limit. And I said, okay, if you say so, I, I-, I believe you. And all the time I'm thinking, Come on, Granny, let's go, let's go, get it going, what are you doing? So, she comes back, goes back to her car, now you is sitting in the back seat, mind you. And it was me, Jim Powell was in the front seat, you sitting in the back seat. So I'm figuring, all right, she's going to see you, I'm going to get out of this There ticket. we go, yeah. Yep. You know, no yeah. problem, right? Yep. Well, Uke sits in the back seat and he's got a paper up in front of him, like the USA Today oh, or God. something, coming out. And then he takes it down when she goes back to the car. So, I guess she didn't see him, right? So then she goes back to the car and comes back to give me the ticket. I get a $100 ticket for speeding, right? She's just about to walk away, and then she taps on the back window, and the window goes down. She goes, hey, can I get your autograph? Ah. 
that should be worth a hundred dollars. <laughs> and you said, "I'll pay for your ticket. Don't worry, I'm still waiting for the hundred dollars." But that's so Uke. That's yeah. so like Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. Like it still didn't yeah. matter. What like yeah, even Euchre can't get you out of a yeah. speeding I, ticket. He put the paper up. Yeah, and, uh, he covered it up, and it, it was. We laugh. We still laugh about that one today. That's a great yeah. story. Kent Summerfield, Packer uh, producer, excuse me, engineer for the Brewers Radio Network. Kent, it's so good to have you here. Yeah. Thank hey, you so much. It's been a blast. Have a good uh, laugh. It has been a blast. Happy Bob Euchre's birthday to you. Yeah. Happy 26th of January and 89 for the kid. Yeah. 89 wow. years old. I mean, That's amazing. It, it, the thing is, he's still strong in what he does. I know he's not doing yeah. road games, but yeah. you still listen to Bob do a broadcast. Yeah. And, and the, the fundamentals, everything, still Fantastic. great. And he's just, he's just one of the guys, and he still enjoys it. And that's why I think he still does it. Yeah. Really. He really still enjoys being at the field, in the booth, and relating to the fans and doing the broadcast. He is a gem.